0: Episode 27, and uh, Brent, a bit croaky today, but how are you, mate?
1: Yeah, good, man. Like I said uh, a little bit croaky today. I lost my voice, said uh, driftability on Monday, so uh, it's a pretty hectic event, and uh, I think I just overdid it a bit, uh, which is not unlike me at all. So yeah, it's taking no, 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 a couple of days here, all right. uh...
0: You're getting ready to go over east for a bit of a race at uh, Sydney Motorsport Park, and which is where nine of our uh, West Australia saloon car guys have been. And um, they they had a bit of a ball. And, yeah, you're heading there at the end of the month, I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah. So going over there for, um, uh, for uh, a round over there in the RX8 Cup. So looking forward to that. There's uh, 24 entrants in that race confirmed. So racing Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I haven't driven S.M.P. I've been over there a few times, but so I've never driven it yet. So, no, looking forward to that. That'll be uh, be good, be a good adventure. The Saloon Boys have hooked me up. They uh, they were lucky enough to get a few uh, a few sighting laps, and and a couple of local guys giving them a hand with uh, car placement, and that sort of stuff. So they sent me a few videos, uh, as well as some encouragement, which is pretty cool. And then I've also got Tim Brooks over there, who's a, a pretty established racer over in in Sydney there, and He's going to give me a bit of a hand as well, which is pretty good.
0: Fantastic. But, of course, the timing really sucks with you going over, Ace, because uh, today's guest, whose name is Justin Hunt, which some people would have heard of him. Um, possibly a lot of people wouldn't, but uh, they've definitely competed in events that he's been involved with. Um, has a lovely event called the uh, first for the first time ever called uh, the Dundalup Festival of uh, Motoring, I got that one right, the motoring, it's not motorsport. Perfect. perfect. Um, but he joins us today and uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat with uh, with him. Same as all of our other guests, you know, about his history, um, what got him into motorsport and then uh, we of course have a bit of a chat about this uh, pretty damn cool event coming up at the end of the month, which um,
1: Brent, you're going to miss. I know, I'm gutted. I was all all entered, I was all keen, it was going to be the first event we are going to run the Viper out over here. Um, and yeah, everything sort of worked out. The new wheels turned up from the States, the new slicks turned up from the States for it. The, uh, Frankie from the fab guy, he's, uh, made some new seat runners and door cards and given the car a good tidy up. And then, uh, yeah, it happens to be the same weekend we're racing over in Sydney. So it's just the way things work out. Um, the Sydney round got moved because of the, uh, what's happening with the other racetrack over there. So they had to reshuffle the tail into the series, unfortunately, and that's sort of where we ended up.
2: Oh, well, dates are a big oh, yeah. problem for all of us, aren't they? I'm sorry that you can't join my event in the inaugural year. Um, I'll just somehow turn that off. Um, because <laughs> the problem is we had a corporate hospitality ticket reserved for you, which I guess we'll go begging now.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys will find someone worthy of uh, doing as good a job as me at, at uh, wasting that ticket. Um, no, it looks like an awesome. <laughs> I like. I'm sure you're going to go through it, and Shane's got a heap of questions, and then I'll shut up before I lose my voice properly. But I like that it's more of a festival than just your average round the houses. Is it fair to say?
2: So. Absolutely. Really fair to say. What I wanted to do was get all of my favourite fun things and put them in one weekend. And then I went hunting for a government or a local government that would support it. I guess it's the best reference is Festival of Speed in the UK is probably my favourite event in the world. Second to Rally Australia, maybe. But we can't run a festival of speed here. I don't have a manor house with a grand um, acreage, but I can run an event that's Australianised or a, a local version, and that's what we've tried to do. We've tried to cater for a 19-year-old enthusiast who's building a club car at home to a semi-retired car club member who wants to take his alpha or Mini out for a blast to the guys in, uh, you know, faster and, and more expensive weapons. But we've tried to put all the fun bits together into one weekend. Now, before we get into too much detail about that event,
0: let's find out about Justin. So what you, you've run quite a few events and you've been involved at various levels uh, within motorsport. What got you into starting, the, you know, was it events first or were you, you know, running events first outside of motorsport or was a motorsport first for you?
2: I think I did my first motocana in probably about 38 years ago in Narrogin in Western Australia on a gravel hockey field in a 1968 MG Midget, which my auntie owned and my dad happened to be looking after. Uh, dad's into the minis and the MGs, and I grew up with that. Like my brother and I were laughing today about a car that went for auction over East, and that was similar car took us to school in grade four. Is now worth three hundred grand, but back then it would have been a cheap secondhand Monaro. I, I grew up with Dad having this fantastic passion for uh, cars and car clubs, and also a bit of crazy adventure in there. You know, three kids in a mini cooper s going on school holidays together camping, so yep. I I very happily blame my dad. And then I got into Motocanas and did some hill climbs and got into classic rallies and co driving, which became my real passion in my twenties um, and thirties. I I absolutely love co driving. I I can't do it anymore. I've had lots of crashes, but but I it was probably my favorite thing for a couple of years and through that um I very luckily fell into I worked in the government I actually worked for liquor licensing and worked for a judge at the liquor licensing court and I I had volunteered at all the rally australias in the 80s and a job came up and I thought oh this is this is me this this is you know, I was with Tourism WA, which was Events Corp, which owned Rally Australia for nineteen years here in Perth, and I got the job, and I worked uh, I worked full time for almost five years on a FIA WRC, and I I still pinch myself that I was able to do that. I had an amazing team, and you know, this is the time of Colin McRae jumping over the Bunnings jumps, and Richard Burns, and Tommy Mackinnon, and um. You know, it's the beginning of Skoda in rallying and um, Langley Park uh, was spectacular. And it was just a, an amazing experience. And I'm so lucky to look back and have been part of it. And that kind of the club history and the event management experience at a well-funded government-backed event kind of meshed together to set a, a really lucky pathway for me. I, I've I said to um, Shane before we started tonight, I quickly wrote down from high school in 1989 to today. And I was just blown away on this kind of journey. And I just, I'm so lucky to have done some of the crazy shit I've done. (laughs) It's really good.
0: Give us a bit of a give us a bit of an overview of those those things you've written down, because I'd hate to um just to go you know go skip past that especially after you put all the
2: effort in. Um, and do you know why? Do you know why I did with, it, Shane? Because I've got such a crap memory. I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to time place things. Uh, yep. A couple of favourites. A couple of favourites. Um, and then I'll finish with my favourite event. Uh, favourite event as an event manager. I. Um, I was really lucky when I moved to Melbourne. A bit before I moved to Melbourne, I was doing uh, a fair bit of co-driving in the ARC, and I met some amazing people that are still close friends today. But I happened to meet a guy called Mike Sinclair, who's the managing editor of Car Sales, and I was his co-driver in Team Mini, which was the beginning of Mini again in Australia, and then we went on and did Team Skoda, and we did a heap of Targas and around Australia, and they were wonderful experiences. I ran um, Rally of Melbourne probably at its peak. I I owned that event for a few years. We were doing ceremonial starts in Federation Square and just had an amazing following. I was very lucky um, I got poached to do a job for the Commonwealth Games where I actually had a car fleet of 1,500 vehicles. Uh, in Melbourne between 2004 and 2006. And and that was a wonderful experience having, um, taking my hobby and my passion into a a real world mega event, as we called it. Probably my favourite thing that I'm most proud of is in 2007, I took over uh, the Australasian Safari or the Australian Safari. Uh, the name was changed to Australasian simply to target a better Asian television market, which was very important for tourism funding back then. This is a, the best part about this story is the people. The people we would have five hundred people on event travelling throughout back Western Australia, aeroplanes, helicopters, um, and then the GFC hit in twenty ten. End of 2010, beginning of 2011, and I bought the event off Octagon, moved back home to Perth, and we ran it for four years. And that was my favourite four years. I loved that event. It was three and a half thousand k's in a week, two thousand k's of competition of of outback racing. Uh, I was very proud of that. I'm I'm really lucky. I've worked for Network Ten. I've worked for some of the biggest manufacturers that are passionate about cars, but also the sport. And then I wanted to invent something new and different that Perth hadn't seen before. And I wanted something that my dad could enter and his mates could enter, but also my younger friends could enter. And that's where this crazy invention called Joondalup Festival of Motoring came from. And of course, that's that's my story, mate.
0: (laughs) Just jumping back to Rally Australia in Perth, and I think there's um, when we we have a very wide demographic of people that listen to this, and you know, there's the uh, the seasoned veterans, as we'll call them, and then there's the the up and comers that think that uh, Rally Australia is something that's held over east or um, down south. Yeah. In, uh, in the bushland and of course rally australia in perth was something um you know I, I used to love it um and then they bought that bloody air race over but um which had its own appeal but you know it was it was no you know cars jumping you know Langley park you know in the night and um so so i guess i guess what i'm trying to
2: say is is how would you describe that event so people who uh, had never uh, seen it. Look, if you imagine, you're standing on a concrete pad on a $1 million super special stage. There's 10,000 people in the stadium. I think there was 47 corporate villas. James Morrison and then Jimmy Barnes were playing in the concert that night. And you're standing at the start line. Colin McRae's on one side of you in a two-door, I'm going to say, it's an Impreza, but I'll get the numbers wrong, so let's just call it a World Rally Car Two-Door Impreza. I'm pretty sure it was Tommy Mackinnon in a Nevo on the other side. I pinched myself. It was like you're standing between world champions and they're about to start a stage that's broadcasting live around the world that we built in little old Perth. It was, I don't think people will ever understand how far ahead of its time Rally Australia was. It was Miles ahead. Like the Europeans, this is before Airbuses, the Europeans would take two or three stops to get here and the air freight would probably take two weeks, whereas now it'd be overnight. The logistics were spectacular. It was the most amazing event. It won multiple international awards from the World Rally Teams Association, the World Rally Media Associations, the FIA didn't know what to do with us Australians, and we had issues with kangaroos. But it really was a (laughs) spectacular time. It was the beginning of the digital age in regards to computer games, and uh, towards the end of my time there, the online element was exploding. But it it really was spectacular. Like the, the memories when we catch up with my friends that, UK or Europe-based from that time, the things that happened in Perth were just fantastic. You know, it's not unusual in Perth. The the people, let's say we go to Catalonia in Spain. um, Carlos Sainz is a king. He's a, you know, he he's he can't go out. Whereas in Perth, he can wander the streets on a mountain bike. You know, Colin McRae could go to the pub over the road from the Sheraton, and no one would know who he was. Whereas he couldn't do that in his hometown. So yeah. in Perth, these guys were free and it was a great climate and it was it was just a really good time. It was a spectacular event. We had a wonderful team and the competition was, was mind-blowing. Like the bore-bearing gravel was was second to ice and snow uh, compared to what the Europeans were used to, but the machinery was spectacular. Like I never will forget Lancia Delta Integrale, I'll get the numbers wrong. I never forget hearing that dog box go k- chunk the first time. It basically, a, the, the fastest Italian tractor with a Lancia badge on. But you don't forget that stuff. You're a
0: kid. We had uh, Molly Taylor on, God, a couple of years ago now. And, and talented. Um, yes. And yeah, I think for one of her most favorite. Um, memories and she assures me that it wasn't just because she was on a Perth podcast was that uh, she was saying, you know, the WA tracks are just something different. Um, you know, the stages over here, um, uh, because of that that gravel, it, there's just nothing like it anywhere else in Australia and potentially the world, I think she said. So yeah.
2: Look, I've it's... co-driven up and down the East Coast. I've done when I was younger, I've I've done most of the ARCs that have existed in the last 30 years. Um I used to laugh about you know, the the East Coasters would come over and go. Well, there is hardly any corners. And I said, no, but if you, <laughs> if you if you mess them up, you are going to be in a bigger trouble. Um, you know, the plantations around Perth are a real technical mix of geographical roads, but then man-made interference. Where, for example, Rally of Melbourne was literally following the geography, and that's all that there was because you were hanging off a mountain or or a hill. Um, also, they have mud over there and clay, and that's grippier than gravel. Now um, yeah, it's really, really interesting. Used to, the, the clever drivers in the WRC were the ones that could get their tyres right to last and and handle the conditions in the gravel. You know, like Juha Kankanen back in the Salika days, just spectacular. Like that, that was quite a large car. That that was just spectacular. But amazing memories.
0: Do you do you have a standout favourite moment from the Langley Park days?
2: Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was a really busy time because you're in the middle of an event that you've worked on. You know, we had six office staff. We had about, I think it was about 2,000 volunteers. I, I don't have a favourite time. I I have um, senses of achievement at the ceremonial finish, for example, when the champagne's spraying and the music's working and the photo is spectacular. I... I still get that buzz even today, you know, like even uh, running an event when uh, when every competitors home safe and all the officials are home safe, i I still get a buzz out of that. I don't think that ever leaves you. i I think this world or motoring motorsport world is a pretty special place. Uh, uh, special people, motivated. Pretty happy place to hang out in. Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty lucky. I've, I, you know, I don't have any plans on going anywhere and I, I hope that we can take this thing we've invented with a l- wonderful local team. I hope we can take it to the next level. But standouts? Oh, I don't know. That's a hard one. Probably one of the funnier ones is... Um, I won't name names, but Sheraton, which is now the Pan Pacific in Perth, used to have uh, like concierge type thing, and the World Rally guys, they didn't care. They just were having – they loved Perth. They loved coming here. We'd take them jet skiing. We'd look after them. We'd have plain Tarragos, and we just really looked after them and, and became friends with a heap of them over the years. But they'd rock up in their World Rally car, clear to scrutineering, and they just drop it off at Concierge. <laughs> and, like, we're trying to shift a certain brand world rally car and climbing in and out of the things and recce cars and all sorts of, like, like full Cosworth Escort recce cars, which were kind of like a Group N rally car of their day. And there's a guy in a top hat and tails trying to Concierge park these things. <laughs> and just stuff like that used to happen. And we'd go, don't worry, I'll do it, chomp, chomp, you know. Um, I remember one day I had a world rally. We we had these 50cc Peugeot scooters that we were allowed to ride between the Sheraton and Langley Park. And one day I had a world rally champion jump on the back of my scooter because the Spanish guys would call Justin Justino. So Justino climbed on, no choice. And down there, police chasing me, all sorts of things. And <laughs> it, just, it was just different time. It was... It was really special. I feel really lucky to have been part of that. It was an amazing event.
0: You touched on the um, the Australasia Safari, racing you know through the the outback of WA. Was it as the same course every year, or did you change it up? No, um, we what, we were standard, we were
2: idiots. Football. We changed it every year. Like we yeah. like we would. I don't know. The course used to cost about fifty grand a year to do uh, over about wow. five trips. So to give you an idea, when Safari finished in twenty fourteen, our budget was one point five million for one week. Wow! It was just it was just too big. Like, you know, um, the the team behind that they are just amazing people. Like we they, they would spend weeks on the road just. Checking, 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 and um, yeah, that was a really special event because the people, the towns, and the people of Western Australia are really special. So many of us, I do it as well. We go to Margaret River or Calbarry or Broome. Some of the some of the places in between, which aren't tourist towns, are actually better, and and yep. the people are genuinely. Um, warming and welcoming. Like it's often some of the towns we went to that, that would be their biggest fundraiser of the year because no one else goes there except for trucks in the night. Um, the, the station owners were just, you know, like we would have, um, we would often use 30 stations in an event and often one or two a day at least, sometimes three or four. You know, very rare did someone say no. But also, safari was about the approach. Like outback WA, you don't go to someone's house without milk and a paper and fresh bread. Yeah, you don't because you've driven <laughs> no. two hours and you've driven two hours to get there from the town, and an hour and a half of that was on their driveway. Like I used to take a friend of mine, Tony, and he used to drive me everywhere because I'd sit on my laptop. We knew every single cell tower in Western Australia, and you just. They're just the most special people. We'll turn the generator on so we can start the coffee machine because we can't run it on the solar panels. Like, who does that? How cool is that? So Safari was special because we'd rock into town. We'd be there for a night or two, and we'd have 500 people. It was just like this really amazing village. It had challenges. It had some big challenges. Safari was a tough event. The motorbike guys are the toughest people I've ever met in my life, without fail. They're tough guys.
0: but So was it a speed event or was it more of a –
2: Think of it as a special stage rally but off-road. Okay. But not only off-road but hardcore. So we would say to the landowner, oh, we want to use your roads. This is what we've researched. And he'd go, oh, I run trucks down that road. And we'd say, well, we don't want to use it. I've sat at people's kitchen table uh, in the middle of nowhere and I've said, well, what about this track? And they'll go, I haven't been there in 30 years and instantly we want to use it because it'll be tough. So some of the safari stages were 250 kilometres long. Like I didn't have medical intervention vehicles. I had medical intervention helicopters. So we'd have two helicopters, one would kind of shadow the lead bikes and one would leapfrog in between the bikes and the cars and then we'd have medical intervention on the ground you you could run a whole stage in one property and it was a road book like they'd collect their road books the night before and off they'd go we had motorola radios that would track the competitors we had rally safe and I'd sit in a motorhome, travelling along at 100 kilometres an hour, hanging onto my laptops, making <laughs> sure that none of my competitors were going the wrong way. The technology made it amazing, actually. We could pretty much, the G-Sensor impacts, uh, that technology changed my life, because I could, if someone hit the ground, I could activate a helicopter, and I had half a chance. If yep. if the, if they were savable, we could have a crack at it. but. The bike boys were the toughest people I've ever met in my life. That's mental, you know. But I, I, I miss the adventure of it because it was kind of out there and different, um, you know. It was really good fun, really amazing adventures, stunning land. Now, In addition to the events you've run, you also um, –
0: now, I'm hoping I'll get this right because, um, I, I, look, I, I stuff everything up in these these podcasts – Deputy clerk, of course, or clerk, of course, for um, some of the rallies or well, quite a few of the rallies um, down south and, the you know, Forest Rally as an example, obviously, where we met. Um, yeah.
2: But um, I think you did Targa as well. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, they're a great crew of people that run these rallies. Um, a heap of them are my close social friends as well. And... Um, I don't think your title matters. You're part of a good team. Often the loudest gets to lead, so maybe I get to lead a bit more than others. Um, (laughs) Maybe I've got more experience. I don't know. But they're they're a team event. Um, I've been clerk, of course, a couple of times, deputy a ton of times. I kind of like the deputy role because it's more of a command center operational role, and I I, I really like that. Uh, I find that entertaining. I find it mentally challenging. Running command center with a really good crew in the field is a, a real thrill for me. I, I find that really engaging. Um, I, I like bringing people together. Like I think motorsport is about bringing people together. You walk through the pits at Wanneroo after a category race and you see all the guys knuckling each other and chatting and you did this and I'll oh, come on, you did that on the next corner and, you know that they're actually um in the majority of times they're quite respectful of each other and they're having a yeah. good go and i think that also happens from the administrators of the sport and the media of the sport and the the technical officials and the operational officials i think you end up uh falling into a world that works for you or your your brain and, or your skill set but i I find that amazing. Watching people, you can bring people together and achieve something together. I think that's really special. That that makes me buzz. I love it.
0: So with all this experience, a um, you, was there a was it a tender or something was put out originally to run it around the houses in Jundalup? So when um. Is that the was that understanding? Saying, I seem to remember something. It's kind before. of a funny
2: story, in a weird way, that I keep falling into things and have done for thirty years, and I reckon that's exciting because I, I, like I think I've said about seven times, I feel really lucky doing what I do, and, um, I decided that I was going to renovate things and do things and take a break from motorsport, and then COVID. I was my last year of my ARC manager contract. And I said to Motorsport Australia, the young guys are doing a really good job. I'm out. It's time. And then COVID hit. I was actually on the way to the Grand Prix. COVID hit. And I was like, yep, yeah, there's no motorsport for a while. And sadly, for once, I was actually right. And I thought, oh, that's good. I'll renovate and I'll do this and I'll hang out with the folks and all of that. And then City of Joondalup had advertised for a round, uh, tender document for a round-the-houses race. And I said, oh, I've reached out to them. I said, look, I, I love round-the-houses. I said, it's fantastic. Northern uh, Albany, I think it is, they're, they're brilliant. Do you actually understand what goes into them? And they went, yeah, yeah, you know, we we want one. I said, Awesome and they said you have to put a tender in. So the tender documents very local government compliant all everything I do is public record my budgets everything and, you know there's nothing to hide and I don't have a problem with that it's not my money it's local government money and our job is to bring people to an event to spend money and time and showcase a region. So yeah that's our job. So as motorsport or motoring enthusiasts our job is to respect that and have a crack and and try it and and enjoy it. So I did this big tender document. I went, well, that's a pile of shit. That'll never work. And basically the second page of the tender document is what you're asking for, you actually don't want. Turn the page and it says, you want this. And then we proposed the Festival of Motoring concept to them. And then we were shortlisted and called in for a meeting, and I thought, oh, this will be a waste of time, but they're really nice people. Let's go. And they went, oh, no, you're the only one on the shortlist. We want your event. I said, but it's not around the houses. Yeah, we get it now. We understand. We've read da, da, da. I would love to run around the houses in Joondla, but it's millions of dollars. It It really is now. It's so built up. And yep. the sprint concept works for them. Um, there's a lot of runoff. There's a lot of no-go zones, and um, there's a lot of parkland and food and beverage, all that sort of stuff. So I've got to say they have been exceptional. They're enthusiastic. They're eager to learn. They're eager to to, to help. Um, which is, well, as far as I'm concerned, they've just been exceptional. I've really enjoyed the process. It's had its challenges, but. It's kind of been fun. So,
0: tell us more in detail. Yeah, you know, this event like this seems really cool. When I mean, when I first you know heard about it, I was like, "This is cool." You know, this is not an around the houses. Around the houses are great, um, but to bring in, you know, all I guess ages um, and levels in the uh, sprint side of things, but also to do. Uh, the car shows, which aren't just aimed, I guess, at the older cars. Um, so that there's something for everything because you got four or five precincts. So up. what we
2: did was we grabbed all the fun things. Right. June up has Powerplay Go Go-Karts, which are the new electric Go-Karts. Just brilliant. Glenn McNeil owns them. Let's use them. Let's run a corporate challenge. Let's get the mayors fighting the mayors. Create some animosity between local councils is always a fun thing. We've got really good movie cinemas at grand cinemas. So we tracked down the original version and Paramount have been kind enough to let us use it of the 1968 Italian job celluloid film. And we're playing that on the Friday night along with Days of Thunder and Ford versus Ferrari. Wow. Perfect. Perfect. These, these companies up there, they're just like, yeah, we're in. We, What, what do you need? What, can, can we do something? Can, can I borrow some movie cinemas? Yeah. What are you going to put on there? I went, well, I reckon there's an original copy of The Italian Job in Australia on Sally Lloyd film that will work on your machines. And they're like, how do you know this? Google and, and <laughs> stalking people. And um, anyway, turned out I was kind of right, but it'll work. And then, you know, Everything just kept unfolding, and then we we're like, "Well, let's make Saturday casual and fun, because it's Saturday's busy day. People are yeah. shopping and kids and sports, and the northern suburbs is full of kids and sports. and Let's make Saturday casual. Let's make Saturday come and go. Just rock up if you can. If you can't, no worries. Pop in for an hour. Pop in for an afternoon. So then we're like, "Well, let's do." You know, we spoke to the guys that do um classic cars and coffee and. We all go there all the time. We said, look, we want to do a Northern Suburbs. We're going to do um, coffee and cars just as one-off. Everyone's been, we're all working together and helping each other. And it's like, let's do cars and cocktails because we've got five automotive themed cocktails. Let's get Let's get a peaceful duo and make it a bit of a pub kind of wine festival vibe. And all of a sudden, my little sprint event becomes a three-day event. And then on the Sunday, I wanted enthusiasts to have a place to park. So the best way to create enthusiast parking is to create zones and go, well, why don't you bring your Alpha to the continent? Or why don't you bring your Monaro to the land down under or your Chevy to Route 66 or your Skyline to the Orient? And let's close all the roads and turn them into car parks. And The city of Joondalup went, Well, that's a good idea. Why can you do that? And I went, If you sign the form, I can do anything. (laughs) So then we've got the five automotive zones. We've got uh, Tyre Power looking after the service zone, which is the service park for the sprint. Um, Kennards are looking after Central Park, which will have food vans. And we're hoping that the lovely people at the museum, motor museum out at Wyman Park, are going to let us. Borrow a couple of pretty special cars, and all of a sudden we've got these things that just keep growing and growing and growing, and it's kind of fun. That's good. I'm wrapped when I see registrations come through, and you know people ring and go, oh, "I've got a, I've got a half renovated XC Falcon, blah blah. blah. It's an ex police this or that, the other anything. Mate, bring it along." Oh, I said, "All right, yeah." Show us what you've done. I love the enthusiasm. I I couldn't do that. My dad and my brother are are the real workers in the family. But the enthusiasm I love, I think it's just so good in this day and age to have people committing to projects that are simply for fun. And that's what I want this event to be.
0: Now, this week uh, that we recorded this episode, um, the sprint course was revealed, and um, from what I can see, starts on Reed Promenade, goes down Lakeside Drive, uh, down Kendrew Crescent, which I believe is in between the WA Police Academy yes. and the TAFE. yes. And then you go up onto Grand Boulevard, enter the TAFE, do a nice little turn, bit of a U-turn, and then back out onto Grand Boulevard before finish on uh, Boas Ave. Yes. How'd the police
2: academy go with that? Unbelievable. Yeah. Like I, we've had a lot of meetings, a lot of meetings, lots of meetings. Um, I run a pretty open book. Um. The minute the agreement was signed, we started consulting with all of the city's stakeholders. Um, a big part of these events, the success has to be driven by the organiser or the promoter. I don't really like the term promoter because there's there's no money in this. There's some wages for my staff, which there has to be, or it's not viable, yeah. Um I say I, and it's also public money. I say break even. I need some money for wages, but I'm going for break even. Shane, as you know, um, I run a couple of other businesses. We're, we're small businesses. We we make a living. We do okay. We we enjoy our life. But these events are very much um, passion driven and about creating fun and experiences. Some people go play golf. I like organising motorsport events. It's <laughs> It's true. I, I, I love it. Um, police have been exceptional. They've been critical. They've been thorough. They've asked a lot of questions. Uh, I don't live in their world and they don't live in my world, but um, it's always been really engaging and respectful. Um, there's a, a crew in at the City of Joondalup that are really passionate about events and passionate about their city. There's also, if you imagine a big city has all operational departments, it might be the gang that are in charge of oh, the, the rubbish, recycling and rubbish. They've got behind it. They've taught me how they work. They go, well, you're doing that wrong, but if you just do it this way, we could work together and we could achieve this and it be really good. To me, that's bloody that's perfect. You know, not you can't do this and you can't do that. Um, the... ECU TAFE. Oh, we've got some of the ECU guys, some of the uni guys. Um, they've built these amazing cars. Part of the university engineering. I'm I'm going to get the program incorrect, but they'll be running some demo laps during the event. They've been fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, really good young guys. Like really, uh, a lot of them are studying mechatronics. They're really smart people. Um, uh. You know, the, the TAFE's been fantastic. Um, you know, like everyone up there has been brilliant. It's hard to explain what we're doing to people. What what they don't, what, what they'll never understand is the amount of time that we spend working on terminal velocity and speed and bringing speed down without ruining a corner. Like, yeah. how can you have a perfect You know, like I want people to have fun, but it needs to be an enjoyable driving experience or they'll never come back. You get one crack at these things. So I've got some mentors in my motoring and motorsport world that have gone above and beyond as always. And these two old blokes were in my world at Rally Australia, and they'll get shitty for calling them old, but they're quite old. (laughs) no matter how many midlifes they may live. But well-seasoned, well-seasoned individuals. Well-seasoned, but they're good guys <laughs> and um, they share their driving and engineering and mechanical knowledge with me, which is things I don't have Been more of a co-driver and a bit of a nerd. And, you know, it's been a fantastic experience, you know, uh, and I, I know they're an easy target, but um, Motorsport Australia has been exceptional. Absolutely exceptional for a brand new event running through a city centre. So, yeah, Police Academy, they're pretty cool about it. They're kind of thinking this is kind of fun. Um, They're also not busy on a Sunday, let's be honest. (laughs) But, no, they've been great. They've been really great. To me, that, um, just as a spectator
0: slash, you know, guy that loves to make motorsport look pretty – that section through the police academy looks looks like
2: it's going to be some good fun. I have to let let um, some <laughs> to <laughs> to clarify your comments, Your Honour. Um, we <laughs> we technically don't travel on police academy land.
1: We no, no, travel, we'll on travel on gazetted road. roads, but next, um, next I the, imagine uh, one of the, your uh,
2: cameras will have the police academy in the background. Yes, um, <laughs> it's actually a really fun. It's a really fun blip through there. There's a little bit of a half chicane and some corners down into the ECU dip, and then back onto the main road. There's a bit of elevation change there as well. Yeah, yeah, it's surprisingly a lot steeper. And, like, I've had to reassess my thinking because even, you know, like, the last time I drove in competition was probably something naturally aspirated, and I was a lot younger and a lot thinner. But modern, a modern thirty thousand dollar car doesn't have a problem with zero to one hundred in seven seconds. Like, yeah. you know. So you you also need to add in gradients and the fact that all the roads around up are relatively wide because it's a brand really as far as cities yeah. go, it's a brand new city. Um. But I've had my challenges. I've had some really good challenges. But the people up there have been very welcoming, very, very welcoming. The businesses are either like, look, it won't affect us. We're not open on Sunday. Or they're like, oh, can we open early? And that's good. That's that's positive for our sport. Got to survive year one. I, I hope it's got a long-term future. But um. If you asked me in the middle of September, I would have said, this is the last one, whereas <laughs> now I'm having um, kicking some goals and um, yeah, I'm really pleased with where we're at. We've got amazing, absolutely amazing commercial support. It's been really wonderful. Uh, national brands like Tire Power to local companies like Trevor's Carpets that have a store in Joondalup and they're like, well, we're in. You're in our backyard. It's, you know, some of them are old friends. Some of them are, are treating it as a, a genuine marketing exercise, but it's been uh, been delightful. It's it's been amazing, actually, and I'm glad because the rate inflation's going, and the original budget I put to the city, uh, it it'll be a half a million dollar event by the time it happens, which is just just amazing. It's it's awesome.
0: I'll just uh, see if Brent's still uh, still with us. How you going,
1: Croaky? Yeah, no, I'm still here. I'm just keep <laughs> keeping on uh, keeping on mute here, so you can't see me uh, or hear me. Slowly you too fading much. away. No, it's awesome, <laughs> man. Absolutely awesome.
0: Do you want to um, jump in for a little bit, Brent? Yeah, yeah. So normally, can... I'm not sure well, if you're... hang on. Do we, do we need to have a quick quick tipple break?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. hit the and pause. We'll
0: have, a, have a quick tipple break, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll be right back. Shane here from Behind the Sport. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you don't already follow us, head on over to Facebook and Instagram. Find us on there. Give us a follow, or visit our website, behindthesport.net. Catch up with the latest motorsport news, Find all of our previous episodes and of course you can leave us comments on those as well. You can also find us on your favourite podcast provider such as Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes and more. Alright, wine glasses are full again, which is uh, fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, Brent Brent's uh, had, a, had a bit of honey tea and he's ready to go and yeah, let's get back into it.
1: Yep, some good quality WA honey—you can't beat it. But um, yeah, I'm not sure um, how much you, uh, how many of these podcasts you listen to. Normally, I dive into real nerdy. Or I try to dive into real nerdy car stuff, setup stuff, track driving, or all, all that sort of thing. But um, even though you've done a bit of co-driving and you've done a bit of driving yourself, that's kind of not why we're talking to you. You know, we're talking to you because you're 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 vent experience and, and all, the, you know, the cool war stories, I suppose you'd say around the world and around the way here locally, you know. Um, and I really liked how you explained before, um, and not just in rallying, but you, you know, you even mentioned up at the, at the circuit stuff that it kind of motorsport kind of brings everyone together and you kind of see everyone, you know, you jump out of the car if you've done a run with be it a sprint or, or, a, or an actual race or, or a rally stage or whatever. And, you know, High fives, knuckles, bum taps—you name it—and everyone has sort of has that same universal language of of talking with hands and being, you know, everyone turns Italian for that five minutes after they first get out of a race car. <laughs> it's um, it's kind of cool, and it'd be cool to see that um on, on a wider, newer scale, I suppose. Not that street sprints are new, but it's new to Joondalup. and it's from from what I can see in the media published so far, it's aimed at a lot newer demographic i suppose we've
2: kind of hit it at two um levels brent you you're absolutely correct so there's two targets in the back of my research one is how do i get people back in their cars doing things because the cars are there we all know the cars are there right through from mandra to yanship the cars are in the backyards and a lot of them are well-funded beautiful cars how do we get them using them whether it's bringing them for cars and coffee or cars and cocktails or entering an event um, that's that's a big part of what we've tried to do and a lot of our promotions have been re, uh, postcode targeted to get people more more action the other thing is we've actively really difficult to in this day and age when things do cost more we've actively tried, to make it totally acceptable to bring a three thousand dollar mx5 that is of sane and safe condition into an event that's important to me really important i love all these evos and i love i love you know an audi r8 what a car you know absolutely spectacular a classic mini cooper or an alpha beautiful great well when I was the seventeen and the eighteen year old on a government traineeship i I could do motorcannas because they are affordable. but I'm really conscious of trying to protect that um, part of the motorsport world because that creates enthusiasm because they do it once and next time they come, two of their mates come and they go, well, Shit, you know, these kids have got a fair bit of money these days. How do we keep them in motorsport? So I that means a lot to me. I'm really targeting that. Actively. I'm I'm not the cheapest in the state. Um we give some bang for our buck, but I'm I am actively targeting that. It's very important to me.
1: That's awesome. That's Pretty cool. And we've talked about that before, that, uh, you know, like with the retail side that I'm in and the and the car prep, a couple of other mates are in the workshops and stuff like that. We don't really care. We have no bias anyway. You just, the more people we can get into racing, the better because it brings someone else to the track and uh, they might get that bug. They might only just want to go and do sprints or, or um, tuning days or whatever. They might not even go door to door, but you know, it's another person on the track. It keeps the sport going and means there's something around for you know, the next generation, um, you know, even if they are racing Teslas, I don't care as long as they're racing something.
2: Yeah, I think also we are a complicated sport in a complicated time and um, we do need more so than ever before. All of the disciplines need to start marching at a more similar beat, not for now, but for 10 years' time. And I, I don't know how you achieve that, but... It's something we need to look at more holistically as a sport. And it's surprising if we actually came together a bit more. I'm talking go-karts, drags, circuits, sprints, classic, rally, gravel, off-road. When was the last time here in Perth we ran an event where we said, righto, you lot, every single discipline gets to send two people. Let's write a top ten list of your problems. Because all of a sudden we would actually have a tension of government because if you joined all of those people together, you actually have a force. Whereas when we're not working together, it's, it's complicated. But I, I think there's a lot of hope out there for our sport for the future. But I, I, I do think we need to engage better, especially with more
1: diversity across the different platforms. No, 100%. And I suppose... Um you know, having an event like this with more of that festival atmosphere so you can have, you know, yeah, it's a sprint, so you're probably not going to likely have a sprint car cruising down the past the uh, police academy, but there's plenty of room for, you know, the sprinters to come along, put a car on the display, the late models, the yeah. uh, carts, but also, off-roaders, also, buggies, you name it.
2: Yeah, register. Like, it's anything. Register. Come along. Spend the day. Have a look around. We've tried to make the display elements as less onerous as possible. You, you don't need to be there for nine hours on display. You could arrive late and leave reasonably early. It just has to be a fun day, a, a easy day. You know, there's a lot on in Joondalup. joondalup has uh, got a, a lot of good food and beverage outlets. Massive shopping centre. Um. You know, I I know to my father's detriment that my mother will seriously damage him whilst he's competing in the event, and that's fine. We find it entertaining. But no, I'm really excited. I'm I'm um, I'm having a great time with this event because I feel that I've been so lucky doing some really crazy stuff from you know MotoGP and Formula One to. World Rally and ARC, competing and organising, and now I'm organising an event not that far from my home in my own backyard, and I'm talking people out of sheds into doing something with their cars, which I kind of feel in a stupid way turning 50 this year. It's kind of where I started in the back streets of Korean in the mid-80s of, you know, tightening bolts in a bloody imperial mg midget so
1: i think i'm pretty lucky no abs- absolutely cool so with that feeling lucky what is your what are you you know obviously you're a bit of a gearhead like the rest of us what are you most excited to see at the festival what's the one thing that you're really keen to see come out Peter a car or or a person or something along those lines
2: the Oh, do you know? I, there's some of the young guys that have come out of the woodwork that have gone. Oh, I've got this, and I don't know if I can enter, and I don't know if I qualify. And I said, No, no. Well, well you t- talk me through it. And they're just young guys that are new to the sport, and you can enter. Get yourself a, a license. Come on, let's learn about it. You put them in touch with good technical people like um like yourself. It's really important that people aren't scared to ask questions. Um well, how do I mount my fire extinguisher? I wouldn't have a clue. I've never mounted a fire extinguisher. I'm surrounded by really clever people that are good at this, but I'll put you in touch with someone that can help you. So making that really accessible for the young guys, um, that's important. Um, I've got to say having my dad enter the event is exciting. Him and his, um, I call them the, he's like the, you know, the retired militia of Mandra. Um, they've rebuilt. Um, I, I think I'm going to call it a Mark II Cooper S replica, which had parts of my original Mini that kind of was killed a few times when I was young. Um, I think that's probably my biggest private buzz is that I'm designed an event that my dad and mum and dad want to come to and my car club friends want to come to, yet my rally friends are going, this is kind of cool. And then my wine-drinking friends are going, well, we're coming because you've got Howard Park as a sponsor. Um, I don't know. I kind of like it. I like all the different groups of people that we're bringing together. That's probably where I'm getting my buzz from at the moment. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm I'm having a good time. I haven't delivered the event yet. It better be bloody good or I'm going to get assassinated, but... I'm really liking that it's bringing all these random groups of people together. And that's, that's, that's pretty cool. I reckon.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. And you sort of mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, you took some inspiration from the, the Goodwood festival and that's, uh, you know, that very much is very random groups of people like bipolar opposites and, oh, and, yeah, scale for sure. and economy and, and you name it. So, I suppose from that Goodwood sort of vibe and everyone, you know, everyone sort of gets happy when that event comes around because you get to see some cool stuff come out of the woodwork. If you're a yeah. nerd like me, you get to see new stuff, old stuff, as well as, you know, all the famous drivers of years gone past. What is it, you know, what, what sort of thing from Goodwood, uh, is there anything in particular you've taken? Are we going to see a giant monument in the middle of, uh, of, uh, of a couple of arrows, cars or something like that?
2: Not in year one. I really, in the original proposal to the city, we had a concept for a sculpture competition. I, I'm dead set serious. I wanted to do, I, I aimed reasonably high. All of a sudden I started talking to artistic people about how complicated sculptures are and they went, yeah, it takes us years to design this stuff. And I was like, okay. I threw some friends of a friend's um, I have friends that work at ProDrive and I said I need a contact in there can who and we found and then they started telling me about some of the Goodwood sculptures costing half a million euros built in Germany, assembled off site, disassembled, put on trains, sent to the UK, built on site. So the uh, rumor is that the M car display for 50 years of M car in the front of Goodwood House is half a million euros. Yeah, wow! And that's my entire budget plus quarter of a million Australian dollars on top of it. So we cancelled the sculpture idea and created a photo competition instead.
1: Oh, that'll be pretty cool, though. That's, that's cool. Oh, that's well, taking um, you know, that's taken, taking a lead from Goodwood and, and going there and. But the, the Goodwood fit the sculptures and stuff are pretty amazing, and they do tours with them. So, yeah. Oh man, it, it was a few years it's, ago, but it's hero event, hero event, and I love the diversity. You know, like there's
2: some random guy in a tweed coat having a chat to a Formula One driver drinking yeah. a cup of tea. I, I I really like that. Next, I next guess to it, a McDuane in
1: a in a drifter.
2: You know. Yeah. And they they just, they're so in touch with it and they're just having the best time. And I I reckon that's bloody awesome. I love that when um, you get this real mixture, like some of the young, like my nieces and nephews of my mates, you know, they talk to dad about cars and they're like, dad's like, well, I'll take you for a drive. And they've never been in a car that old or that raw that doesn't yep. have Bluetooth. And if you drive it on a hot day, you'll, burn the hairs on your legs because they're shoved down the side of the engine. You know, the, the generational change of the motor car in the last set of years is monstrous. But the, the kids or the teenagers and 20s are out of touch with it now. And it's very raw driving, like driving a 1968 Midget, MG Midget with some pretty quick gear. It's not that quick but driving it around the streets is an absolute hoot you'll absolutely annihilate it with a standard wRx but it's a different experience it's very raw and real it's it's a lot of fun and i think goodwood um uh,
1: goodwood uh exaggerates that really beautifully All right Ab- absolutely I was, yeah like anyone that needs to get there hopefully we you know this jindle up is uh I it, it'll be no doubt a success with the amount of buzz around it, but if we can get that same sort of vibe over here, let's have, I was lucky enough for a fair few years ago to see there, and then at the RAC and the UK see the, uh, it wasn't the, the 50 Years of M, but it was the M Art, you know, all the art cars, they had them on display, they were, uh, just to see them all in the one place at the one time was pretty uh, pretty cool, you know, like the M1 and the Warhol's car, and yeah, it was pretty next level but uh speaking speaking
0: of uh raw driving experiences as a kid we used to uh get shuttled back and cross back and forth across Nullarbor from perth to victoria in the back of an lc tirana (laughs) i love it we did that about two or three times a year so you know I
2: i can remember when my dad turned up from a police auction with an XCX Pursuit Falcon for mum to drop us to school in, and (laughs) do you reckon he got yelled at? They didn't have power steering. But how good are those memories? They're crazy, but they're they're just fantastic.
0: Yeah, no such thing as, you know, um, well, power steering, cruise control, you know, our,
2: our air conditioner was the window you burned you know, your legs on the vinyl, and you were told to sit yep. down, shut up, and hang chrome, on. Mum was in a hurry. The chrome yep, trim and the, the seatbelt tab, the buckles, yes. The seat and, <laughs> well, yeah. so, I look. I think we're really lucky. Like I'm. I don't want to be a. I. Don't, you know. I, I love the podcast. It's it's as random as the people are that come on it, which is part of the wonderful world of motoring and motorsport. But. Um, I'm I'm I feel pretty privileged. I I think I'm really lucky to have friends in and around motoring and motorsport. I I, I love it. I think what's captiv- uh, cap captivated me about this event is we accidentally made it for anyone. We wanted to go there, but we didn't really know how to go there and we've got some of it right. Some of it won't work. That's year one. Deal with it. Sorry if you're inconvenienced. I hope you come back next year. We'll work really hard to get it perfect. But um, I'm loving the vibe that we've got from year one, and I love my little team here in Perth and my sporting friends. Um, I hope everyone can come and have a look at what we've created
1: not far from Perth, and the Joondalup crew have been amazing. No, it's cool, and there's a lot of of buzz around it. My wife's even keen to come and have a look, and she normally – can't stand sitting at the track all day long when we're racing. So um, it's just a pity I'm going to be there. She'll probably be there with her mates without me, again, because of the wine side of it and the cocktail thing. Um,
2: I'm um, I'm an enthusiastic sampler of West Australian products, and yeah. I think it's really important <laughs> that we enjoy them. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah. Just wanted something that where people could the, – the bit that spins me out is my non-motorsport friends who – half of them might buy their cars for them because they don't know what to do. They're actually excited to come to something that's kind of, we're calling it soft core. So it's not hardcore motorsport, but it is for the competitors. Like the sprint's a challenge. It's a technical challenge. But then you can do all the other things and have a wander and a look around and it's not onerous. It's not far. You can catch a train there.
1: It's it's, a very, very easy spot to get to.
2: Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I think you two should keep doing what you're doing and pull the random dickheads like me in and have a chat because I, I quite enjoy it. It's good fun. And I've learned other things about other disciplines that I never knew existed. So thank you very much for having me.
1: Yeah, that's cool. So if there's one thing, um, I'll, I'll end with two questions before I give you back to, back to Shano. If there's one thing we can do to help ensure it, it goes off with the hoot, and we uh, and we get it back again. Is um, it just turn up, or is it? Uh, do you want a lot of comments on posts, or, or what? What I do you need to make sure up. it works? I,
2: look, I. The problem is what we've created has so many elements. So I know the sprint will work. I I, I know I know that will work. That will work well. It'll be good to watch. Um, lots of vantage points around the city centre. Um coffee and cars will be really good fun. It'll have a good vibe. Cars and cocktails will be good fun. Um the automotive worlds so I, I think has good legs. Um I think our date clashes with other events will, will cause us a few problems. But if you've got a if you've got a toy or a passion or a car or something you're working on, just turn up. I love you to register beforehand, but turn up. I think Showing support to a significant local government. uh, I'll I'll, I'll put it differently. The city of June wanted to support an event that would bring people to their city. It's a good city. It's a nice city. There's great restaurants. There's good food. There's good bars. There's great facilities. They wanted something that would bring people to their city on a Sunday. They have put the money up. So we need to support them to show greater cities, greater regions, and greater parts of government that motoring and motorsport is a viable we're, We we're not all hoons, we're not thugs, we're good people, we spend our money wisely. We need to say to the people funding events like these, this is a good thing and you should keep doing it, because then more will do it. You know, like we launched the We launched the course. Okay, I think it had a reach of, I could be wrong, but I'm going to say 32,000 overnight in uh, 10 hours. That's not bad. That'll do. That's a good start. So that says to City of Journal, they're sending me screen grabs off their Facebook feed. This is good. I'm like, yeah, this is all right. So to me, I really appreciate your time, boys. People need to turn up. To say, this is good. Don't need to stay for long. Come and buy a coffee, have a sandwich, have a pub meal. But support those that are backing the sport is my point. 100%.
1: 100%.
2: I've done an awful lot of talking. You two were supposed
1: to ask me lots of clever questions. Well, I've got, I've got one not so clever question, and, and you won't get away well, from this I was this hoping one you
2: cause... were going to – I hope you are going to ask me something really technical so I could pretend
1: to be smart. Oh, no, you're <laughs> pulling all this together. There is no doubt uh, a myriad of, of uh, Good compliance, of team. clerical, people management type, expectation management, stakeholder engagement, you name it, every one of those project management buzzwords you could throw in there. Um, it's a minefield I would not want to have to go through. Do you know um, what I
2: write on my immigration form? <laughs> Typist.
1: <laughs> Typist.
2: Sorry, I've, I've killed your vibe. What was your question?
1: No, as I said, <laughs> uh, normally I ask our, our different drivers and, and team owners and stuff like that we talk to, I just ask, um, prior to an event, yeah, lots of people have random superstitious type things that they do, be it have to wear certain socks, use a certain toilet stall. These are all common ones above the supercar guys. Um, you know, we've, we've had every weird and wacky variant in between. Have to get in the car the same way, have to sing a song with the partner, whatever. Have um, you got anything you've got to do before you, you start your day on a big event? Because everything sort of led to that moment.
2: Oh. That's actually a really hard question. Um, I back in Rally of Melbourne days, I I used to try and duck out and go out with the setters really, really early before everything. Um, or I'd try and do the first control of the morning just to say hello to people. But I've for this event. Um, God, that's a really good question. You've you've actually stumped a waffler. I reckon that I will be. Um, I reckon I will be the chubby middle-aged grey-haired man on his electric scooter at four thirty a.m. riding around the streets of Joondalup, making sure that all my people are okay and have a coffee. I reckon that will be me. That's a, such a hard question. I love the question, though. I don't have any weird traits or things. I just I just want people to have a good time, create some great memories, build on experiences, meet some new people. Cool. I, I look forward to a glass of wine with my team on 8 o'clock Sunday night and go, we did a good job. A lot of people had a good time today. I'll, I'll be really wrapped with that. That's probably the best thing for me. Cool. And if that Shane bloke doesn't get some good video vision, well, we'll have a chat about that next time
1: I'm invited back. <laughs> uh, Shane goes right. I Emma's mean, is crude. They even managed to me look to make me look good, even if I'm spinning out and qualify, qualifying. <laughs> no, <Nah>,
2: exceptional. <laughs> Add
0: some ballerina video. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I just um, – a flashback to something you said earlier was, you know, you really at the end of the event, you know, when the – um, I guess the trophies are being held up and all that and you know you have that moment of um you know yep we did it you know it's everyone's back safe and all that um i had I had that moment big time um at Forest rally uh, when we did some work with you and I, I think you might have picked up on this on the day where you know you guys are all saying come and have it come and have, come and have this you know this this uh the the drink and that and my my moment that day was actually when that final video went up with yeah yeah you know, that whole introduction the champagne spray and everything and then you know the the final of the the car the um is it the zero that does the final clause clear the, uh,
2: the sweep the all clear yeah. yeah at the end yeah. of the at the end of the sweep, stage yeah know? yeah
0: and that was my yeah, I'm done. It's time for wine. You know, that was See, my mind. It's
2: such a big thing for us, in, especially in the rally world, and whether it's a Targa or a Scravel or, a, you know, your sweep is into the final control, is uh, all present and accounted for. So it, it, it's a funny thing. And it's been such a big part of my life. And I guess that's, you know, once everyone's back home safe, you kind of go tick don't you? You, yep. you kind of step down a level and you go, okay, this is all right. Yep. Yeah, that's that's funny. That I completely agree with your sentiment there. It's so true. Now, the um,
0: now you've obviously mentioned, you know, your dad's going to be competing in this event. Yeah. And that's, that's fantastic, you know. Mo- Motorsport, to me, um, I've actually got a poster that I need a mount um, and – Um, I actually won it off a little sort of raffle. I was on a raffle, it was a, it was one of those, you know, why, why do you deserve to win this, Mm. this poster thing? Um, and good old Adam, Adam Marjoram. Um, it was a photo of him and his dad, and Adam had come second, and I can't remember what the race was exactly, but, um, Adam had this just look of, you know, like, yeah. You know, I've done it. I did really well. And there's his dad, you know, holding the trophy and looking at his son, you know, pleased as punch, you know, that his son's done this amazing thing. And seeing those moments in motorsport, um, you know, across all the different disciplines of family and all that sort of stuff, you don't really get to see that in an event organiser. We'll say event organiser. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like so, someone who's put together this beast um, and a competitor, you know, where there's that family connection because it's usually, you know, Motorsport Australia running it or, you know, big corporate, whatever. Um, and yeah, so so I think that's going to be amazing, you know, and um, I, I hope that you you'll get a chance, you know, when he crosses that finish line to, you know, jump out of whatever box you're in that day. <laughs> And <laughs> and yeah. go down and you know have a have a bit of a hug or something with him, because um, I think those those memories are something that you know you guys will obviously cherish forever.
2: It's, yeah, it's really true. It's also a little um it's a little bit raw but real because Dad was diagnosed with a type of cancer, and then we went down this journey in the middle of me bidding and um, going through this whole process with Joondalup. And they're like, well, who are you aiming? And I was like, well, I'm going to get my dad to enter. And, the, and then dad's had this journey whilst rebuilding this car with some of his wonderful friends down there. And then dad's all clear and got a new lease on life and 77 and Vietnam vet back at the gym. Pretty good guy. And then he's like, well, no, I'm entering the event. I was like, oh, shit, okay. And <laughs> it kind of made it a bit more real. I was like, oh, better be good. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> but before he was all clear, you do you do think this is real. How do we create something that, um, and I don't believe motorsport is that amazing that it should come before many other things in life, but I do believe it can, the experience of motorsport can be life-changing. I really genuinely believe that. And to answer the question um, in a roundabout way, just for a change, this event really came from a combination of me wanting something for my dad to enter and having this obsession with the Festival of Speed in the UK. And there will be a 1968 replica Cooper S bombing around with it with with an older, thinner, fitter version of me with as much grey hair. (laughs) And there will be an awful lot of laughs. And my brother's the pit crew and my sister's taking my mum shopping and I reckon that's kind of fun. Oh, fantastic yeah i'm on I'm having a buzz I've got to get through this month i'm 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 absolutely wrapped with um the people that have partnered my small but wonderful team with this event. I'm absolutely wrapped i'm I'm looking forward to it.
0: so two last things now we I usually ask you know at at yeah you know, we'd say you know any who they'd like to partner with you know the drivers and team and all that now you've sort of pretty much answered this this question but aside from your dad if you could have any driver any any person motorsport competitor whoever from any era we can bring them back to life if they're passed on and have them run at this
2: at the junior up festival of motoring Colin McRae. Colin McRae? I would I would um Love to sit next to Colin McRae. It was spe- just spectacular, next level, um, uh, lovely guy, really absolutely, absolutely salt of the earth, lovely guy. Um, really didn't like the attention, but nice guy, really nice man. Um, I loved Lewis Moyer for his co-driving ability, absolutely spectacular, but Colin McRae's driving in – in, um, oh, God, a, a, a fair whack of time was just spectacular. And no fuss, no no carnage, no fuss, spectacular. Fantastic. That would have been a blast. But I'm too old, too fat, and I've had too many crashes, and I've I've had a really good time <laughs> co-driving. The other thing what happens, I think it happens about 35, you discover fear and trees, and they're both physical and they stop you. So, I, I think I'm way past that. But yeah, Colin, Colin McRae was a step ahead of everyone in that world.
0: And just to wrap things up, um, we always love to give our guests a bit of a, a bit of a chance to give a bit of a thank you to anyone, or you know, any you know, that they want to say thank you to for you know their their journey in motorsport or motoring so far that's been special to them?
2: Oh, God, I've got a little list. No, um, more recently I'll say thanks to City of Joondalup for going, you know what, your ideas are a bit mental, but we kind of like where you're coming from. That's been a a great experience for me. Um, There's a – I won't name them personally because that's not fair, but there's a group of people that stem back to my Rally Australia days Um. A very small group of people that have been with me and supported me in many different platforms. There have been a couple of West Australians, a couple of East Coasters. They've been monumental to my life, to be honest. What do I do about this? Always taking my call, never, never, ever judging me. They've been my mentors. And, and I hope I am that to some of the young guys coming through event management, because it's it's a very different world now, but it's important, really important we keep motorsport going.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for taking some time out, especially, uh, you know, what, three weeks out. It's, it's been the-
2: a lovely chat. It's been, I've gone down a bit of a memory lane, I've got to admit. I've just, yep. you know, I'll never forget um, Barry Sheen from Motorcycle Grand Prix working for Channel 10. Like, it was spectacular. <laughs> I've forgotten all about it until I wrote out that list I told you about earlier. But, no, thank thanks, guys. I, I really yeah. appreciate your support of the entire sport. It's really good.
0: Yeah, look, it's, um, yeah, we we try to support everything we can and, um, you know, whatever's coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah, know, no bias with anything. You know, we'll, we'll chat to anyone and everyone, you know, who wants to promote motorsport and motoring um, because that's obviously, you know, what we love. Um, and I'm surprised Brent hasn't dropped his famous one-liner through this. Oh, uh, man. This oh Come episode. on, do it.
1: <laughs> come that's on, the, Brent. So, so many times I was going to put it in there because that same sort of emotion that you talk about um, – you know, is exactly why I love motorsport. I I also truly believe it. It brings people together. There's a, you know, even though we all drive because we're egomaniacs, it's um. There's just something about motorsport that brings people together, and that's sort of what turns me on about it. It's um. Yeah, we um go. <laughs> it's more of a teen sport than anyone thinks. You know. Um, I agree. Yeah.
2: It's quite funny. I, I met this guy who's a uh, when I worked for Octagon who owned Targa and Targa Tasmania and Safari at one point in my life before. Things moved on um he said to me one day uh, people re- remember uh, he he uh, he was based in New York and he made uh, he managed Mastercard's worldwide sponsorship, so big spend like tens of million dollars a quarter they were spending on sponsorship and he said to me, people remember a single player they don't remember a team, but in a race people will remember the first ten colors. Like he, he kept Americanizing everything. And he goes, people don't remember play number 23, but they remember car number seven as the green one. And he kept saying to um, about motorsport is people remember more than you'll ever think. And it's very, very true. So true. You remember the little guy having a crack. You remember the fast one. You remember the loud one. Remember the bright one. But you will remember more of the people than you realize.
0: And on that massive revelation, it's true. Let's end this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've I really,
2: really enjoyed, enjoyed it, boys. Thanks so
0: just much. Had an epiphany there, right then. So. oh no, it's
2: true. It's true. You remember the it people is. you walk it through is, the pits know. at Wanaru, and you think, shit, I met you twenty years ago. Can't remember your name, but you were a nice guy. Thanks yes. for having me, no worries. Thanks for Thank joining
0: you. us, Brent. Hope your voice gets better and. Uh, We've just moved into a new uh, new space, so hopefully we'll be starting to get these episodes back out again more often. Um, now that we've sort of got a better better space for all of this, so um, make sure you you know share the crap out of this. Um, go check out this event if you're in Western Australia. If you're not in Western Australia, get on a plane and come over. Um, weather's weather's getting really nice over here. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic for that weekend. Uh, That is episode number 57. Wow. Um, But season two, episode 27 done and dusted. Shane here from Behind the Sport. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you don't already follow us, head on over to Facebook and Instagram. Find us on there. Give us a follow. Or visit our website, behindthesport.net. Catch up with the latest motorsport news. Find all of our previous episodes and, of course, you can leave us comments on those as well. You can also find us on your favourite podcast provider such as Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes and more. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.